It's the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, starring Sean Daly. Yeah, but y'all aren't eating Doritos while the mic is hot. Au contraire, mon frere. I've been eating Doritos this whole time. Pat Smith. You gotta stop beating up this No, I just, this is the last thing. No, you say it's the last time. It's not gonna be the last time. With Taylor Smith and Devin May. He said, name a more iconic duo. Jacksonville Jaguars and Red Zone Supremacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. What's happening, everybody? Good day to you and welcome to the Duval Hot Takes podcast, your favorite podcast for Jacksonville Jaguars football. My name is Taylor Smith. I am your moderator for the show. I am joined by your hosts, Sean Daly. Good evening. Pat Smith. What's hippity happening? And facts and stats man, Devin Mabe. Howdy. All right. The bye week is over for the Jaguars. We had a chance to relax, recuperate. We've got a few injured players coming back into the fray. So I can say we're feeling pretty good. No change to our standing. It's nice to take a week off and stay comfy at that first place spot in the AFC South. What I won't say is that this past week was uneventful. Jags conducted some business transactions while we were off. These last few weeks, Sean and Pat have been calling out some of the areas where we've been lacking the most, hoping the Jaguars might make some moves as trade deadline got closer and closer, and they did. So, Sean, before we get into the 49ers preview, would you mind recapping this trade for our listeners? Absolutely, Taylor. The Jaguars had some holes that they needed to fill. Pat and I went over those holes and what was the most likely way they would address one or if not more of those holes. We said that left guard was the biggest hole that we didn't foresee them being able to address that at the deadline. We'd think that they would go out and get a pass rusher like a Chase Young or Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, Daniel Hunter, one of these guys, right? They did not. They actually addressed the left guard position that we pointed out as the biggest hole, and they did so by trading a six-round pick for Ezra Cleveland, former second-round pick out of Boise State, if I'm correct, Devin. Cover my ass. I'm happy with it. Uh, we did something. We are buyers. We are a good team. We're 6-2. and two. Uh, The defense has been playing elite, so it's hard for me to say we need to add to the defense when the defense has been carrying the team. Maybe we should add some competition to the interior three on the offensive line to give Trevor Lawrence more time to throw the ball down the field and to make big chunk plays that we've been missing on offense. So I'm all for it. I don't understand why you would do it and not potentially start them. That's not up to me. Um, but I like the move. Pat, are you open to a potential role play uh, with me real fast? Uh, do you, are you feeling like an actor for a little bit? Cause I'd like to just do a little role play. Yeah. I've been, I've been complimented on my acting skills a time or two in the past. All right. Absolutely. So are you willing to play the role as head coach, Doug Peterson? I virtually play the role every day. Okay. So you will play the role of head coach, Doug Peterson. I will be a journalist. And I will be in the press pit of a press conference, okay? We just opened up for questioning. You are Doug Peterson. Here we go. Doug? Yes, yes. I was cheated out of Coach of the Year last year. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Doug. Uh, it's Sean Daly, du- Duval Hot Takes. Just have a quick question. I see that we added a left guard in Ezra Cleveland, traded a six-round pick for him. Is that correct? Absolutely. Love the guy. I see that you plan on starting Walker Little at left guard. Is that correct? Absolutely. Love the guy. My question for you, Doug, if Cam Robinson or Anton Harrison is lost due to injury, 
would Walker Little fill that role at either left tackle or right tackle? Absolutely. Love the guy. (laughs) Is it wise to put your only backup option at tackle, so your swing tackle, who performed well at tackle last year when he needed to step in, is it wise to make every single rep that he takes in game and at practice at a position he's never played left guard? Is that wise? Absolutely. (laughs) I love the guy. All right, Doug, you do me a favor. Can you uh, go fuck yourself? (laughs) Absolutely. Listen, uh, Devin's got the direct quote from the presser on Monday when asked a a similar question. Dev, if you want to go ahead and take it. Walker Little is the left guard. All right. Yeah. So the left guard. He's played 12 snaps. Here's what I will say, right? I, I mentioned this on Twitter earlier this week. X. I, I understand. I refuse to call it X. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I understand the mentality that he, as a head coach, needs to put on this team, right? You cannot say that Cam Robinson's getting cut next year. Is he getting cut next year? Yes. He's going to get mo- removed from this team. He will not be playing game one of the 2024 campaign at left tackle on this team. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. You, you can understand that. But you can't say that as a head coach where you are right now, because you are playing right now. And if we want Cam Robinson and left tackle to understand he's the left tackle and he's somehow earning this contract, that's never going to come. You have to make sure that it's clear to not just the 53, but to everyone else that Cam Robinson is your left tackle moving forward. All right. And exo facto someone needs to play left guard and you're going to let Walker little play left guard. The only blessing that this Cleveland acquisition could have possibly done for us in the long scheme of things was to kind of reserve Walker Little and not reserve but preserve Walker Little in the long standing of things until he eventually steps into that left tackle role next year where he will be starting uh at, at a much cheaper rate and and my belief at a at a better play style than what you're currently situated at. But in any case you have depth you have Hodges potentially coming up and becoming healthy yet again. Tugboat. And you are you are defining depth on this offensive line and what is going to potentially be the gauntlet of the season coming up here soon for your team and, and potential playoff push uh, as should be expected. And, and you have that depth now with a starter that you got for peanuts. I mean, that's what you basically got uh, for all intents and purposes. If you believe in PFF grading, this man is, is a top, what, 10 guard top, top 12 guard that I saw that he's been rated this year. And he's a starting guard. I mean, you got for a six round pick Who's on an expiring contract. Well, oh, yes. But if you're giving up a pick, I only foresee a future contract or, or, or and you're going to resign him. You don't give up a sixth for the kid to sit the bench. Yeah, let's resign him while we put Walker Little ahead of him on the depth chart. All right. I'm Again, I understand the frustration. I get it. But you got to look long term. You can't look uh, immediate satisfaction. You got to look long term. And long term, Cleveland adds depth right now. And we'll be a, 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 a starter in coming years. All right. And that's that's good. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. I mean, it's true. 
It's true. You have a left guard that is virtually cycling, still cycling, even with Walker Little coming in. It's not a position that has been filled permanently, and Cleveland offers you that potential. And not only that, but listen, Sheriff's not going to be here for much longer either. That's a dying hole in, in, in this offensive line as well. So in the future, you have obtained a sixth round starting guard. That's might good. Be, might have another one in Cooper Hodges. And you may have another. Round. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. you are bolstering that offensive line that absolutely needs it. And for for not just immediate future, but for long term, it was a great move. It was a great move in depth and a great move in long term. So, yes. All right. Jaguars won the trade deadline. Now we had a Sunday, a Jaguar list football Sunday, where we just got to watch all the other teams play. And I just got to say that the highlight for me, the headline is uh, Houston, we may have a problem. We may have a problem down there in Houston, Texas, because we can't seem to beat those fuckers. And that quarterback might be really good. The real loser on Sunday was the Wonderlick test. I'm just going to come out and say it. That dude didn't know how to sign his own name, and it was two letters. And he went 30 of 42. For 470 yards, setting records every which way, throwing for five touchdowns. But my, my favorite stat I've ever seen, here you go, Devin. C.J. Shroud has more career passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. Yikes. I didn't pull that one out, but fuck. <laughs> that has got Oof. to be my favorite stat that's, of all time. That's a tough, right? yeah. Wow. <laughs> of all time. Jesus. C.J. Shroud has more career passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. That's a good one. That's well done. And that is how well he is playing. He's quite literally setting records. See, we're seeing numbers we've never seen before. He had 300-yard receivers. These are numbers we were begging to see out of Trevor Lawrence, but that's just not how this team is made up right now. That's just not how we're winning games. Are we better than the Texans? I believe so. I believe we are better than them. We're better than them on defense. I feel like our skill position players are better than them. I feel like our quarterback is better than their quarterback. We're going to get some tape on them. What the Jaguars got to do is they got to figure out what C.J. Stroud likes to do well and take that away. The guy beats man coverage. If you're running man coverage to C.J. Stroud, he's going to find the open guy. He's that good. And the Jaguars run a lot of zone. And if they don't get behind the eight ball like they did the first game against Houston, I feel like the Jaguars will have a much better game plan in the second game after lots more tape on C.J. Stroud. We'll see if the NFL catches up to him. Because that's what happens with rookie quarterbacks. It happened with Trevor Lawrence. And so you just have to hope that that's what happens. Because if it doesn't, we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, they're good. Well, you know, Tre- Trevor Lawrence also had a, a dead weight of a head coach uh, sagging him into the ground his rookie mm-hmm. year. So, and D'Amico Ryan um, seems to be a good coach down there. In Houston. Well, he's he seems to be a very hands off coach. It doesn't seem, and and I think that's where the comparison between the two for me is fundamentals. I don't think uh, I look at Houston and how Houston plays. It reminds me of college. It's very. They're, they're playing to his strengths. What he did in college, they're they're, they're building yeah, the offense it, around what he it does doesn't, well. Right. But eventually, that stuff doesn't NFL click catches in up. the NFL. NFL catches up, gets yeah. tape on you. And, and it will. It will. And again, it's very reckless. It's very, they, you look at the drive. I mean, not only was it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defense just uh, covering grass. I mean, you could have replaced the 11 guys with sticks and rocks, and it would have showed similar results. Uh, so not only did they choke away a, a very easy win, but uh, without playing the guys in front of them. 
But the, again, Houston plays very recklessly. All right. And that is why he got those yards like he did. He was throwing it downfield. He didn't. That's great if you have the talent to do so. But I think in the long term, as Sean said, just like with the uh, um, Wildcat that was rolled out, just like Miami sometimes this year, you start to see that the the very generic, not so you know fundamentally sound schemes of offensive football eventually get stopped. And when they get stopped, there is no plan B because you didn't plan for it to get stopped. So I, I think yes, he had a, he had a tremendous showing. Uh, all the accolades for his record-breaking fine. That's great. That's beautiful. We just got to figure out how to beat that team. And you know what? In the long term, I think it's it is a very beatable team. Let's let's also just take a breath. These losers lost to the winless Carolina Panthers seven days ago. Okay, so let's let's not pretend like Don't this. Talk is, about the great DJ Chark that way. Don't let's talk about Lavisca Chanel that way. Let's Don't, not CJ pretend. Henderson. These guys are untouchable. Those okay? are the Carolina had, Jaguars, dude. Had, the, yeah, you're right. The Carolina drafted Jaguars. They you were, were absolutely correct. They're the second best team that was in the expansion draft in 1995. Okay? So, <laughs> the, like, let's give them some damn respect here. Uh, right? I want no. to give them Cam Robinson, but they won't. <laughs> hey, all right. So, quickly, Cam Robinson has received a lot of hate on this podcast. Cam Robinson, his first game back after suspension, let Trevor Lawrence's head get taken off. Since then, Cam Robinson has been very, very serviceable. Yes, and honestly, it's not for me. It's not a matter of hating. That it's just the contract. It's it's the contract that really yeah. is what weighs it down. He's and a great I, Jaguar. He's, he's yeah, a leader. I love the guy. He's great. He's great in the locker room. I, I just. But for me, it's just I know what we're spending, and it's too much. And if I he don't takes like a sizable it, pay cut, he won't. Yeah, but I just think Walker Little fills right into that hole. It just I think, makes too know? much sense. It but makes too th- much sense. I'm very happy to have Cam Robinson on this team for this run. Yes. For this year, sure. this season, I'm very happy that that man, he's the longest tenure Jaguar on the team. Oof. and He's a leader. He's been here during the bad times. And he's just a good presence, and I'm I'm happy he's here. I agree. So I just as much hate as he's gotten on this podcast, and we'll probably will continue. continue to get yep, if, absolutely if if he lets Trevor's head get taken I, off. I am what I am, you know. <laughs> then uh, you know just just to get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're on to we got San Francisco coming. San, to town. Hey, the you're both coming off of a bye week. One going in one direction, one team going in the other. What do you think? I'm telling you right now, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be coming to Duval County, and they will be playing at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mm. All right, and I don't think they're going to be ready. I think Yikes. the Jaguars have been at home in their cozy beds, just ready to rock and roll. Now, Devin, I need an updated injury report. How's Trent Williams looking? How's Debo Samuel looking? Debo Samuel is out. Hey! And Trent Williams is still questionable. They're hoping he can practice. But he this hasn't week. practiced up to this point. Not yet. All right. I, you don't root for injury. All right. We, we, we're like Goku. We want to beat you at your best. Okay. I, I, and you don't root for it. I'm just simply facts. They're 0 and 3 without those guys. They, they, they were undefeated with those guys and they haven't won a game without them. Mm. I don't know why losing those guys made them bad on defense. Out of nowhere, but it did. Uh, it, just, I don't know if it correlates that way, but they're not so hot on defense anymore. Uh, Nick Bosa, uh, he's still defensive player of the year candidate. Like he's really, really good. Fred Warner, 
is one of the best tacklers in the league. Not as good as Foye Lucan, <clears throat> but he's really good. I just think that I think we match up well. I think the fact that they're flying over, they're not going to be acclimated mm. to the humidity and to the timing of the game. I think uh, Jaguars jump out to a lead and lean on the run game, and Trevor Lawrence doesn't put up C.J. Stroud numbers. He puts up Trevor Lawrence numbers, and that's all I want him to do. I want Trevor Lawrence to put up 250 yards, two touchdowns, 17 of 28, and the Jaguars take care of the football and win the game. That's what I want. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think another Travis Etienne day. I think Dearness Johnson gets some run. Jamichael Hasty, revenge game. Revenge, revenge game. Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael Hasty got cut by the Niners. Cut what? Yeah. I think you roll him out there. I think uh, Tank Dell, or, oh, God, listen, I got oof, the Texans on oof. the brain. We took the wrong Tank. We, uh, tank Bigsby, Tank Smallsby, Stank Smallsby is going to be on Gatorade duty. And I think we, we run out the right running backs. We lean on the run game. We put Brenton Strange in there, sealing people off, making impact blocks. And the Jaguars win a nice football game, tidy it up, 24 to 18. Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm sorry. I had to get off the loser train, and if we lose, blame me. You can email me at drmabe at AOL.com. <laughs> Send your hate mail there. R.I.P. that inbox. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i going to take a more uh, statistical approach at this game, and that's not what I usually do, and I'm going to lean heavily on, on Devin for this. Uh, there's there's been a theme in the Jaguars offense that I haven't really brought up because things were good. When, when you're winning, business is good. Uh, you, you forget about the little things. But it is a tad bit concerning. And it kind of talks to maybe why people are underwhelmed with this offensive unit. Is it working? Sure. Is ETN going off like crazy? Absolutely. Is Christian Kirk on pace for another thousand yard season? Yes. So for everything that's, that's, you know, you typically look at at this point in the year, one point of the field is a tad bit concerning. And for me, that is the red zone, the most important part of the field. I believe you're leaving a lot of points on the field. If you haven't figured it out yet, you are. You you should be killing people this year. And you're not because for some reason we melt after we hit that 20-yard line. We we don't uh we don't we're not so concerned with hitting pay dirt. We settle for field goals. And again, it's been working. But like I mentioned, you're going into the second half of the season where the talent level goes significantly higher. You're facing division winners. You're facing Super Bowl contenders, i.e. the San Francisco 49ers. You you, you start to face a, a much harsher level of competition, and you can't settle for those three points anymore. Devin, could you tell me how bad is the statistics for the, for the Jaguars? Doesn't look too good for the Jags. They only have a 47.62% touchdown scoring in the red zone. And at home, it's even worse. 37.5%. 37.5%. That is a third. That is worse than my chemistry test in high school. Okay? That was horrendous. And I, I almost flunked that class. That is horrendous. Almost. Almost, almost. Luckily, I, I had jokes. It, that was horrendous. Okay, so you take the bye week off. I understand you got a lot of guys coming off 
the injured list. Zay Jones, still nowhere to be found. Let him sit until he's right. It's, it is impactful for your offense that you find a replacement on this offense to fill in that gap that Zay Jones no longer does. And I hate to tell you, but the three-trick pony, Jamal Agnew, is not going to replace three. that production. Three? Yeah, he gets three plays a game. That's what he gets. He gets three plays oh, a game. I thought you said he could do three things well. No, no, no. Three tricks. Like, he has three routes a game. Like, he has three. That's it. And he gives you 30 seconds of compiled play time per game, and that's it. That's all he's giving you. You're not replacing that production with Zay Jones. I have a better name. It's called Elijah Cooks. Where the hell is Parker Washington? Uh, a bi- Who cares? Who cares? Because I, I need presence. I need domination. I need someone who is able to to big body somebody on that goal line, big body somebody and, and get up and get them one because we need to start scoring. And it's going to be absolutely critical that in this game, you get ahead early and you stick your foot on their throats through all four quarters. I'm telling you, you have to. Uh, the only other stat I have for you that is a little appealing is is that San Francisco. Can you can you tell me in the last three games what they average allowing on the on the uh, rushing front for their defense, Sean? Uh, uh no, I could nope. not tell you. You can't give me a guess. Average ninety seven. 122. Wow. 122. Travis Etienne should be licking his chops. This is going to be a big day for Mr. Number One. And and honestly, I, I think, it, you know, he'll get so tired. Maybe even uh, Tank Bigsby gets in on the action, you oh, know? Got to hold that ball with two hands there, Tanky. Okay? Two hands. And, and, and hey, maybe you go get you a nice little 40-yard game. All right? But Attack if on the ground. PlayStation controller in his hand, maybe. Attack, attack on the ground. Get in the air. Score in the red zone. Get ahead. Leave no doubt on the field. Defense keeps swarming. Brock Purdy's having a hell of a time back there. Um, it, this this offense seems to be stalling. And again, you can't count out Christian McCaffrey, the the workhorse, the absolute unit, Hall of famer of a human being back there in the backfield. You got to come correct. Wrap up, make tackles. Uh, Foyer is going to have his hands full. He's going to be sideline to sideline. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a big Devin Lloyd game this game. I want Devin Lloyd to come up on some uh, some some turnover potential maybe. And you know what? And I think, I think, you hate to hear it, but I think Trayvon Walker gets him a sack this game as well. Two in a row. Big things coming. I, I put. I already in the early game. I had thirty to ten. This game, San Francisco's going to fall flat. I'm going to give San Francisco a little more credit. Thirty to seventeen. All right. Big things happen on offense. Ball finds end zone. Points on board. Jags never lose control, and you win a much needed game uh, in the next couple six that you're going down the hill. I love it. What was your score prediction? 30-17. Wow. You need you need a pop-off game. I want a pop-off game. I want a I want a game where the offense just looks absolutely terrifying, right? We we haven't really had one of those and it's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm not I'm not concerned about it. This the CJ Stroud hype I think is getting to a lot of people's heads uh, recently and I, I hate that. I really do. On a, on a year where you've been very successful and 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 the 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 room for error has been very minimal, 
you got to find excitement in what this team's doing. And I understand you want a little bit more firework. I think it comes here. I think that this team is still a little depleted coming off the bye week. And we are coming up a little bit more healthy. We take advantage. And the skid continues for San Fran. The rise continues for the Jaguars. Okay. There we go. You're, you're giving me chills over here, both of you. We finally have Sean on the Jags hype train. Let's be honest, he was always on. He just had to play the bad guy. But no more. The product is too good to ignore. The 49ers may be considered an upper-tier team, even with their recent slide, but we're not going to let that stop us. We're refreshed, and we're ready to take on the second half of the 2023 season. All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Duval Hot Takes podcast. I'm Taylor Smith, moderator. Sean Daly, host. Pat Smith, co-host. Give me facts and stats. The San Francisco 49ers come to Jacksonville this Sunday, November 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern. The weather should be nice. It's shaping up to be a great home game, even if it didn't get flexed. NFL bite me. We'll hope to see you there at the game. If you can't make it, be sure to follow us on X at Duval Hot Takes for live updates throughout the game. And as the Jags keep winning, the takes get hotter and hotter. So we'll see you there for our post-game reactions, daily updates, and then we'll be right back here next week for Week 11. Peace. Peace.